You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. Welcome to It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth. And Brenthurst Wealth has been voted the top boutique wealth manager in South Africa in 2023 and also several years before that. Now, we're going to talk about something that we've done many times on It's My Money, and it's about investing overseas. I'll give you the intro It is well known that for more than a decade, Brenthurst Wealth has been advocating investing in the offshore market. Even though this strategy has received a lot of frowns in the industry, it has added value to long-term investments. With me is Suzanne Howman from Brenthurst Wealth. That's an interesting, this is is Suzanne's piece, by the way. Suzanne, why do people frown about an offshore investment when it adds diversification to your portfolio, which is what most people advocate? Thank you, Lindsay. Good afternoon, listeners. Thank you. For many years, if you or when we advocate offshore investments, there has been said that we are not patriotic and we are negative and we are advocating people to leave South Africa and so forth. And that is not the case. We are not saying leave South Africa. We are simply saying diversify. Make sure you invest in opportunities. South Africa is such a small economy compared to the rest of the world. So why would you look at only making your money in South Africa? There are so many options how you can diversify. And this was the aim with this article is we get so many new prospective clients that's asking us, how can I actually invest offshore? Yes, well, in fact, I'd play devil's advocate with the naysayers and say to them, the reason that you invest offshore through so many different instruments, which we'll come to in a moment, is because you want to earn enough money to stay in South Africa and have a better life for you and your family. So that's what I would say to them. Let's let's get on to the, the key points, though. How much do you invest offshore? Now, I want to use the increment of 100 and say, right, you've got 100 to invest. What sort of percentage are we talking about from your point of view, Suzanne? Lindsay, I don't, to be honest, I don't like to attach a certain amount or percentage to how much you need to invest offshore. When choosing an offshore investment, it is important that the client consider their risk tolerance, their investment goals, and also their time horizon. So when you invest offshore, we advise a minimum of a seven-year investment term, at least. Preferably longer, but seven-year minimums. So once your financial plan is set out, anything that you don't require to be liquid within that first seven to ten years, in my opinion, that is allocated to offshore money. Because an offshore investment is a long-term investment. So if you don't need that money within the next seven or ten years, there's no reason why you can't allocate offshore um, allocation to that capital. Is there a reason that you choose seven years? Is it because of tax reasons or something? If you if you buy and sell during before the seven year period is up, you'll get subjected to more tax or is it just a number? It's market cycles. It gives your money enough term to go through a long term investment cycles. It, uh, clients need to remember that you, you get conservative, medium and high risk investments. And we're looking at rolling seven year terms or rolling five year terms or rolling three year terms. Conservative investments is one to three year terms. Medium is three to five year terms. And then long term is five plus years 
with offshore investments being more aggressive, then we're looking at a seven-year rolling term. So it gives your money enough time to go through a negative cycle and an upward cycle. Very good thinking. Now, what are the options that we have? The first one that you've noted is RAND-denominated offshore investment. What is that? Okay, so this is where the my point actually in the whole article came in, is a lot of people think that when we say you have to have offshore allocation, the only way how is by physically making use of their single discretionary allowance, which is a 1 million rand per annum, or the approval for international transfer, which is the 10 million, and then purchasing a foreign currency, dollar, euro, pounds, and then going to invest it. That is not the option. So for people that can't afford their risk tolerance is not that high to physically put everything offshore or go and buy this foreign currency. They are the option of including RAND denominated unit trust or exchange traded funds, otherwise known as ETFs. So, so this is offshore unit trust funds that have equal parts feeder funds in South Africa. It's random nominated. It's accessible on your local platforms here, but they feed into the offshore fund. And I actually, in my article, may have a very good comparison between the 91 global franchise feeder fund, which is random nominated, and then the 91 global franchise fund, which is a US dollar denominated. And you can see that the growth in the funds, the returns are very much like for like. If you make use of a feeder fund, you still benefit from the weakening RAND and you still benefit from global markets that's performing better than your local JSE. I can see why you chose that as your number one option. Your second option, though, goes back to your point that you made that many people think you have to have the dollars or the or the sterling or whatever it is in order to invest offshore. But you can do that, and it's called the direct offshore investment. So, again, tell us the advantages and disadvantages of that. So the direct offshore investment involves physically moving your money out of the country, like I mentioned. This can then be placed either in an offshore bank account where you can earn little to no interest or it can be placed in an investment unit trust fund like the 91 Global Franchise Fund. It can be a complex and an expensive process if you want to go this route. Every South African taxpayer has one million per annum that you, they don't need to apply for, like we called it, called it the tax clearance route, or you have to go for the approval of international transfer if you have more than a million rand. Because South Africa is now listed on the grey list, this approval for international transfer, aka tax clearance, has become a very complex situation. We've talked about it before. It is complex. It can take a lot of time and there's a lot of paperwork involved. Okay. Now, we've got to talk about the risks. It all sounds very good up till now, but there are definite risks when you invest offshore. The first thing you talk about is the currency risk. I mean, we've got currency risk when it comes to investing domestically anywhere. I mean, I'm talking about currency companies or funds within the JSE, not offshore funds, but currency risk is everywhere, Suzanne. Absolutely. So what we see here, and one part that needs to be noted with this currency risk is with our RAND being so volatile against the offshore currencies, especially the US dollar, which is our main comparison that we look at, you can buy into the offshore market at not at a time where the RAND is very weak. And then 
the rand can strengthen again. So then you lose, in inverted commas, dollar value because the rand has strengthened or weakened again. So that currency risk plays a big role. You can sometimes go into the market at a time where the rand is too weak and it's strengthened later on. For South African investors, however, we've this is one of the reasons why we are advocating offshore allocation and dollar and pound strength in your portfolios because we import most of the stuff we use in South Africa. Mobile phones, laptops, clothes, dishwashers, all those type of things are mostly imported, motor vehicles. With our RAND weakening, we are paying more and more and more for these type of things. So if you don't have an offshore allocation, you are becoming poorer and poorer because you have to pay more and more for these things that you use in your everyday life. Yeah, good point. And as, as you say, you may be earning the same amount of money or even get inflation-linked increase in your salary if you're efficient enough to have a job, a, a good job. The fact is that you get taxed every year that the rand weakens. So, yeah, it's worth considering. Political risk, well, we know all about political risk, don't we, Suzanne? Absolutely. Um, I mean, a year, the last two years is a very good example. We've seen what the Russian-Ukrainian war has done to various investment sectors. We've seen the price of normal oil go up. We saw what has hap been happening to the price of potatoes and pumpkins. That is everyday necessities that we use in our lives. Yeah. And the prices of these things have just skyrocketed. And that is a lot of that has got to do with the wars and the political risks that we are now seeing in the markets. Yeah, and of course, filling up your car has been a little bit more difficult in the last uh, year year or so uh, because of what happened in, in Ukraine. And it's, it's going up again. So there is a political risk going on here. The final risk that you highlight is regulatory risk. Now, that seems to me, unless you go to a country that isn't quite as well run as, say, the United States or Switzerland or, or, or something, then regulatory risk might be a little bit less than the other risks that you've, you've put forward. Yes. So offshore investments can be subject to different regulations um, in different countries. So one that we are known or aware of is Portugal. They do not allow their own tax residents to hold funds that is domiciled in what they call blacklisted countries. That's countries that they see as tax havens. Mm. So countries like Guernsey, Isle of Man and Bermuda are all on these lists. So if you are a tax resident in Portugal, you're not allowed to hold tax or investments in those countries because you will be taxable on a higher scale in Portugal. You will actually be fined if I can put it like that. Yeah, I understand. I just want to go back to the uh, direct offshore investing point that you made. It was a qu question I forgot to ask you. Do you have an association with any firm overseas? So somebody comes to you and says, listen, I've got $100,000 and I want to invest directly. Can you recommend a firm? I mean, you mentioned 91 earlier on. I mean, would you say go to go to London and, and speak to 91 or do, or do you steer clear of those recommendations? No. So we do assist clients with direct offshore investments. We've got contracts in place with various companies that is can that's based in South Africa, but they've got offices offshore yeah. like 91 in London, Momentum Wealth International in Guernsey, 
Isle of Man, you've got Alan Gray in Bermuda. So we can assist clients to go directly offshore and invest their money. We also offer the um, the service of a foreign exchange. So we can assist clients to actually do the foreign exchange transactions and we can assist the clients to apply for uh, international uh, approval for tax clearance and stuff like that. So okay. that's also part of this Brentist of service offering. Exactly. You provide the full service. Well done. Okay, wrap it up if you would, Susanna. Give us the very simple conclusion as to why offshore investing makes so much sense. That comes back to my intro where we see that offshore investing is a great way to, to diversify your portfolio. It's a great way to protect your assets and to make sure that your buying power stays on par with the rest of the world. However, it is very important to understand the different options that's available to you, the risks that's involved, and also what your own time horizon is. You can't go and invest offshore if you need the money within a very short period of time. It's too risky and it will probably not work out for you. Great chat, great advice. Thank you very much, Suzanne. Suzanne Howman is from Brentus Wealth. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentus Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company.